mustache. You still have a mustache. I must ask you a question. <laughs> uh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is tonight's show. Greg has a mustache. Greg has a mustache. It do. You do. <laughs> you should do. It do. You do. <laughs> it's such a feeling that my love I can't hide. It means he has a boner. Who has a boner? <laughs> uh, John? Who? John Lennon, I guess. And I want to hold your hand. Oh, I don't know what this boner talk is about one of the Beatles, Beatles boners. Beetle boners. I got a beetle boner. I got a beetle boner. I got a beetle boner. You're going to go see John Lennon's house before you die, childhood home? Is that a thing that you can do? You got, I mean, it exists. <laughs> uh, no. I do not. No. Um, I do not find stuff like that interesting. You could go see Paul McCartney's childhood home. There's two. There's two of them. The the first one he remembers, the address that he remembers, and then Paul. You're yeah, saying? Yeah, Paul, and then yeah. the one uh, where he lived when he started writing music. Um. Yeah. I. My reaction to that would be, oh, okay, there it is. Man, you can't think you can't think fourth dimensionally into the past and what his life was like, what was to become a kid who didn't know the fame and fortune that awaited him. Uh, I can think in that dimension. However, uh, I can think in that dimension without the visualization of having to see the house. Yeah, but it's an added element to it. It brings you it whisks you into the world. If it's, if it's like on the way to do something else, yeah, let's swing by and look at it. But I would never go. Where would you be going? Where else would you be going on the way I to see, do something else? And that's else? why I wouldn't do it because what? where am I going? It's a shame. I don't like stuff like that. It's just true. I'm realizing. You don't like you being know? sentimental. It's a real shame. No, I am sentimental. No, you're not. I'm sentimental about my own things. About weird things. About other people's things. There's something nice about thinking about how everyone's just got a life. And it's pretty normal and boring. And then sometimes it isn't. It just it's normal and boring until it isn't. And Absolutely. then it is and then that's it is fine. again. And then in, even when you get to that next level, that settles in and becomes yeah. norming, normal and boring. Norming. Norming. <laughs> yeah, just combining words. It's called word economy. Yeah, thank you. Now I feel like we have so much more time to do stuff. You come. That's you're welcome. <laughs> you come. Yeah, but you have to be careful how you put the the stress on the second syllable and you pronounce it, and else it's you come. You come. And you don't want that. You come. You come. Um, no, I don't know why. Like we were talking about this on the show. I'm just well because I was complaining about Andrea Bocelli. How it's like big deal that he's blind i do not understand why it's a big deal that he's a singer and that he's blind like why should he get more recognition 
just because he's blind. He sings. If he was deaf and he had to do that, then I'd be like, oh, wow. Like, this guy's amazing for being deaf. What if he were? I, I don't know much about him. I know he's famous and I know he's blind, but yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about his process. Does he just sing? Does he write the music? Because someone like Stevie Wonder, for example, being right. able to learn. I'm not saying it's obviously it's not impossible, but being able to learn to play instruments and the piano and write music. And it's all just living in your head. And someone says, this is a piano. And you even know what the fuck that looks like. Yeah. No, that is not what he does. He sings like. So he's not composing anything. No, he's not. Why is it good? I don't understand. Like, why is he getting extra? Like, wow, he's a blind opera singer. Well, okay, I he can't see. He can't see the notes. But anybody who sings to the radio and can carry a tune also cannot see the notes. So big fucking deal. I agree with this argument to an extent. But again, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally on him. You're not thinking what, about blind what it couldn't what it would be like to be blind. I was sitting here on the couch this morning for whatever reason. This is relevant to me. Really pressing my hands against my eyes and pretending to be blind. Not just closing them so you can still see, you know, shapes and yeah. light seeping through your eyelid. It's really going completely dark. And if I were born that way, or if I lost my eyesight at any point in my life, but I would be so depressed, I wouldn't do anything. I'd say, kill me. I want to die. I want to die now. I don't want to be alive. And it gets it's a bit different if you are born blind, so you don't know what you're missing, but still, it's a weird, lonely, dark existence. So to have the motivation mm -hmm. to say, you know what, I'm going to learn to sing. I want to be a good singer, and I want to tour around. I want to tour around. Okay, first of all... Think about I this, think that... though. Think about okay, this just what? quickly. If you're touring around and you're blind, yeah, you could, in essence, as long as the climate was proper and you had a soft bed people could put you in a cinder block room and you wouldn't care because because you can't see it so much of it like luxury for example so you're a famous singer and you're on this american tour and you're staying in the nicest hotel hotels it doesn't really matter if you had the nicest bed in the shittiest hotel what would you care no, Greg. Yes. You are thinking one-dimensionally now. No, no. You wouldn't know. You'd feel the bed, but yes, outside of Yes, you would know. You would know because you have a sense of your surroundings. Just because you're blind doesn't mean, like, you can be in any situation. You could be in not... a, a red roof inn and have Egyptian cotton one million count sheets and be fine. You'd be like, all right, this is nice. Well, wouldn't that be the case for anybody, even if they're not blind? No, because when you're not because blind. It's like, all right, these sheets are really nice. <laughs> you sure. You would still be able to register that. You would get that, but you could see the rest of the room. I like the color of the wall. I like the furniture style. They can style. feel the rest of the room. They walk around the room. They exist in the room. So they understand that, like, oh, this room sucks. Shower pressure's bad. The It smells weird. You know, this. there's a weird creepy dresser like they they, they can... wouldn't know if there's a creepy dresser I yeah because they feel it i give you i give you shower pressure and stench but not creepy dresser yeah of course they would they'd be like oh my god what is that like they have a they they have a sense of the world around them well my you know point I mean? like, my... couldn't you couldn't trick a blind person by telling them like you're stepping onto the train and it's and then you move like a, a warehouse room around you know like in um like jamiroquai video 
Well, my point the in this floor is moving around. My point in this is just to illustrate how much of it's an illusion that we buy into just because something's been presented to us as luxurious and then we can see it. No, that's not your point. Your that point is, is that that is my point. That, no, you think that you're telling me my points now. Unbelievable. All right, go ahead, though. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what, what I meant. Your point is that Andrea Bocelli can uh, wouldn't know any better. And so that's why you could like, what, what were you saying? You could like put him in a room and not have <laughs> he wouldn't know that it sucked. Yeah, but that's the, using that as a vehicle to make the point that so much of this is bullshit that we've been fed. Oh, like there's certain things. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Andrew Bocelli. We we like being a hack. We like our senses to be titillated, and when you don't have the sense of vision, uh-huh. a lot of that titillation doesn't matter anymore. That's all I'm saying. No, see, I totally disagree. The titillation still matters. It matters feel- in the other realms. And the feel of the sheets, the feel of the water pressure. But if it's, uh, it's uh, a comfortable the, room, the, it's a, if it's a comfortable red roof in room where the temperature and the water pressure is nice and you have nice sheets, you don't care. But that's anybody. No, it's that not. doesn't mean you have to lose your sight. You can be like, uh oh, I'm afraid to stay at this red roof in. And then you go in. It's like, wow, this room is really nice. This <laughs> dresser isn't creepy. The water pressure is great. The what bed is with is you with creepy dressers, by the way? I was just trying to think of some physical objects that would like. What makes a dresser creepy? Like you can't open the drawer, you know, like you pull it, like your own drawer can be like that at home. But when it's at like a hotel and then the drawer can't open properly and it's like sticking on one side and maybe there's one at the bottom that doesn't open at all and you just don't know what's happening. Creepy dresser. Okay. I don't know if that (laughs) makes it creepy, but sure. I'm just trying to say that anybody would be fine in that environment. It doesn't mean that you have to be blind and almost be like tricked. Okay, going out out of, back to what you were saying, though, I do believe, yeah, being, should he get extra credit because he's blind? I don't think his voice is even that great. There's plenty of opera singers wow. that are better than him. Oh, boy. I mean, he can, he, he sings opera. So do thousands of other men. Oh, he's blind. Oh, so now we can, like, no, who cares? If he was, like I said, if he was deaf. What's your checklist of what makes a good opera singer? I have no idea. What's your critique Just here? The, the You're so, so well versed. The stretch. Stre- okay. Uh, I feel like Andrea Bocelli doesn't have like a power behind his voice like um, Pavarotti did. Um, and a bunch of other opera singers that have like a. Maybe power is a know. cheat. Maybe power is making up for other things. Like I'm just going to blast them with my power. No, but it, that's not it. And they're not going to pick up on the nuances of my singing. I think I think power is cheap. It, I'm not, uh, that that can be true, but I think a bit a big male opera voice, I think, requires power. Um, and also the ability to be gentle and soft. Yeah, requires... and I feel like his voice is mostly gentle sounding, and it's boring. All right. I mean, I can't really speak to it either. I don't, but I'm not throwing it out there. I don't even know really what he sounds like. Go, go Google or YouTube Pavarotti singing and you'll get chills like Nessun Dorma. You know, he, God, he's so amazing. Oh, 
All right. It's amazing. I'll, I'll do my research. And when you watch Andrea, he's just like, fuck. Okay, he's singing and he's blind. I'm not blown away by this. <laughs> it's like saying, oh, but this person doesn't, you know, like he's an opera singer and he, he lost, a, he, he doesn't have a leg. Like, all right. Yeah, but he's introduced a unique blend of opera music and pop music. Who? Andrea Bocelli. He did? Yeah. I only hear him sing. No, he has, he has this one song. Christina sent me a song because I had the same reaction. I was like, eh, who, who is this? I was like, what? You don't know this man? I said, no. Yeah. And then there was a, a famous thing he had. I can't remember off the top of my head because. Did he, did I was, he sing that blue ladies song from uh, I just Fifth Element? <laughs> I just wasn't that interested in it. Um, but yeah, I, there's reasons that all I'm saying is there's probably things that we don't know. I don't follow his career. I don't know much about his style of singing, but he has to have done something. And I don't think what you're saying compared to other straight up opera singers is probably correct. I say probably just cause I have to hedge my bet because I, I don't know. And I can't trust you fully. I can trust you 80%. That's fine. Not fully. Um, and then I don't think it was because he was blind. People send him to the top. I think people do like success stories in the face of difficulty. Right. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of that got applied. It's like, wow, look at this. And he's blind. And it's a weird thing that people do lean into, but it's like, uh, overcoming odds. It's the, uh, the story that sells the most. It always has. And it always will. Yeah. My story. I'm looking at this, looking at this Quora. My story article. would be. My story wouldn't be a story people like. It's like he had odds and he didn't even try to overcome them, and he just gave up. <laughs> but okay, and speaking to that, you if you went, if you went blind, you would of course go through a period of maybe depression and grief and loss and maybe feeling like. What's the point of living? But then your brain gets used to it so fast. Just like anything, you know, like. It's very dark and lonely and sunken in. I don't think so. You're not like, it's not like that. Or else people, it'd be happening way more often. People would go blind and then they would commit suicide way more often. You don't hear that ever. It's because your brain just gets used to it. Well, we don't hear about many suicides. Most suicides No, it's not a thing. Well, I will tell you this, that Celine Dion says, if God had the singing voice, he would Fuck sound off. a lot like Andrea Bocelli. Pavarotti was so much better. And maybe some of those other tenors that were in that tenors group of his. And David Foster said, Bocelli's voice is the most beautiful in the world. And he was named in 1998 as one of People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People. Here it is. Absolutely not. He duetted with Celine Dion in the song The Prayer for the animated film Quest for Camelot and won the Golden Globe. Wow, everybody loves that movie. People That's do. That's a famous one. People, what do you like? Ben Wagner? Get out of here. <laughs> Beautiful people. Yeah. Do they mean on the inside? Oh, he's a good looking dude. Got some no. David Byrne vibes about him. Oh, <sighs> Let's look him up. I'm blind. Young. 
Oh, he had this big full beard at one point. Yeah. Uh, people don't. People in the opera world don't seem to like him. Yeah, it's like people don't like Kenny G. It's it's <laughs> with Kenny G. It's like this isn't jazz. What is this shit? And it's not jazz. No, it's not. And and so this guy's not opera. I think that's the distinction we have to draw. And those people probably don't like him. I don't know how much he promotes himself as singing opera. Obviously, he does. Maybe that's part of it. And, you know, the fact that they do it and they do it well. And then the recognition's thrown on someone who doesn't even do opera in the purest sense. They probably hate it. I get it. This says, <clears throat> for me, and this will be rude, I think he's terrible. He's poor, flat, Pavarotti imitation. My understanding, by the way, is Luciano discovered him. If Pavarotti graced any singer with praise to others in the opera world, that singer was going to have a career. For all I know, Bocelli himself is a very nice man. But there are thousands of tenors. <laughs> this is exactly what I just said. There are thousands of tenors, tenors in the world over singing their hearts out in regional productions and universities and conservatories who are vastly superior vocalists and performers. That's the way it goes. It's the world. There's plenty of talented people who never are discovered and never have any success. And a lot of the yeah. times the people who do find it aren't as good as the other ones. Okay. It's no, that's true. Like, I understand that about like tale actors. Tale as old as time. <laughs> but still, I just, I just feel like so much of it is that he's like, especially on the surface, right? Like, it's like a way for people who are not musical to like dip their toe into something that they is that they feel has merit like oh, this is opera and oh, he's blind instead of knowing what's good and what's you know just that's uh, not his mediocre. fault though that's not his fault they just go along with it no i'm just annoyed by it and what are you going to do tell people to shut up like if you're in that position like shut up stop i would probably stop talking about me being blind i don't fucking give a shit that's not what this is about well, honestly, and I don't mean to bring this to a place of O.J. Simpson, but he would talk about, like, stop bringing up that I'm black. Like, I'm not black. I'm not white. I'm just O.J. <laughs> and I kind of respect that. It's like nobody has to. I don't act white. I'm not. I don't feel black. I'm just a person. You know, with an ethnicity. Yeah, I just thought that uh, was cool. It's a little I'm not bit trying to praise OJ. I, <laughs> I know that's on a different level is all I think that's, you know, talking about race and people approaching it that way and uh, applying traits. Well, it's about it's about. But this is this someone is about through success. a narrow spectrum of something based on one thing. Which yeah, is he's blind or yeah. he's black. This is tied to his success, though. And if that helped push him to further success, maybe he allowed it to live. He's like, all right, you know, I keep talking about it. It's fine. You're talking about me. Yeah. I want my money. To buy a bunch of art. <laughs> Do you think who I again, I'm going back now to the interior design. Do you hire an interior designer? I like more normal successful people do, but you don't Wait, care. What? You don't care if you're blind. What do you care what your house looks like? Oh, well, part of how your house looks is for it to look a certain way if someone else sees it so maybe a part of that would exist still if i would if i were blind I would purposefully have nothing on the walls not just things that were practical that i needed to use no but you want things on the walls because then your your place sounds all echoey and weird i would do this and people come and say what's up i was like what do you mean what's up i don't need any of that shit i'm not gonna 
dip my toe in the pool of decadence. <laughs> I don't need it. No, I think that that would come up to say like this. Do you want to buy this like, you know, like in that Michael Jackson documentary when they were in that really weird store and he was like buying gigantic vases and stuff that didn't seem to it wasn't like an investment like in a you know a, a, a an expensive piece of art that might you know gain in value or something it was just some stupid you know sits in the corner gigantic vase that gets dusted by the staff you know that's the type of stuff that I think Andrea Bocelli would probably say like no I don't need that because I don't I don't see it I mean yeah I at that it. point you re if you have that kind of stuff it's solely to show off. Other yeah. people come over, they see you got the money. Okay, great. Wow, he's so rich. Look at this. Yeah. Which, you know, it's twofold if you can see because you could possibly enjoy it yourself, but then you also want to show off. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a way to be uh, righteous. If I were blind, I'd say I don't want any of it. Don't need it because the only reason it would exist is to impress you. And you know what? I don't give a shit about you. I don't care what you think or what you say about my beautiful singing voice. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. I had a good idea going into this week's episode that I was going to stall and just talk about a bunch of different topics so that we didn't get to the actual topic. But then I realized we did that last week. So oh, that sounded fun. So now I'm at the mercy of the topic that you are about to present. Yeah. British TV shows versus American TV shows. Don't <laughs> laugh. That's a terrible way. I, it just, it makes me feel like, oh, you're going to be making jokes about this. I'll, about how it's dumb. I'm going to get into the conversation. I have a feeling we're going to end up just talking about TV in general at some point, which is fine and good. I'm not planning. I'm going to go with, along with it, go with the flow. As I they say, like you have to, you, you you uh, notice things. I notice things, but they're they're just little. The reason I laugh is because I like when your topics, and I do, I, I find it to be charming. When you have a thought about something, like, that's a topic. And then I'm always curious as if, do you, if you have more thoughts or enough uh -huh. thoughts to fill an hour. <laughs> and at this point, <laughs> at this point, we did like 20 minutes of pre-show, so we only have to fill 40 minutes. But uh that's why I laugh because you have these ideas and you think that's the topic and that's it. You just kind of cut it off. And yeah, as much as you like to get angry when I try to thread, you know, create a red thread through our conversations, I think in these instances, you're like, eh, Greg will take care of that part and I'll just get to talk. What's up with British TV versus American TV? Oh, I, well, I hate that. <laughs> I know it's, I'm sorry to, boil it down to that because it's not that and there are differences and i think there's interesting things to talk about um i just don't myself know enough about about british tv to get into like real deep with it i guess uh we watch the series that make it here to the united states and we notice the differences and you know we can point those things out and talk about them. And that's why I think it's also just going to kind of spill into TV. Have we done a TV episode before? Mm, I think we did a reality one. Maybe. We're at the point where sometimes these top, I know we haven't really repeated anything. I know we did like a follow up on stealing, but there was yeah. a different thought process behind it and a different viewpoint. I feel, 
And I don't think we've ever really repeated anything. Obviously, some things come up a few times within the context of these different shows, but when I, when I think we're on 161 or something at this point. Yeah. I don't I know I know that I remember making a list of all of the TV shows I was watching and I think they were reality shows and that's why <laughs> that's why we talked about reality TVs all but right, so I, which which we could revisit because I I am not watching hardly any of those reality shows I was watching previously what were you watching what were you watching that... all those Bravo um no 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 I mean for things. this week's topic I know you're. I know you're a, a Bravo super fan. Not anymore, though. I'm done. Why? You just got bored. Yeah. Well, everything became a caricature of itself. You know, there. Everyone is too self-aware. You know, women on these shows will go in to the season trying to promote something that will make them money off season. They'll do things like come up with a little phrase. You know, that just doesn't seem organic. It, things don't seem as organic. And, and I know that a lot of the reality shows that I'm talking about, of course, were, you know, have story writers and editing to make things happen, to make storylines happen in like Franken clips, you know, where they like take one word out from two weeks ago that the person said and like inject it into the middle. So it sounds like someone saying like, I hate Tanya when she says, you know, <laughs> Yeah. So I get it. But there were things that were organic that that happened organically on those shows. And I feel like that happens less and less now. Um, the sh the reality shows I'm watching now feel I I've moved on to what I feel like is a more authentic version of a reality show, which is 90 Day Fiance. I guess with reality shows and the more they exist and they've been around for a long time at this point, but there is a template that kind kind of comes out of it, boils out of it, floats to the top. I don't know how, you know what I'm trying to say, however you want to describe it. And then people will play into that. So where yeah. even a lot with a lot of the reality shows, when people were cast at first, maybe you were getting more authentic actions and then they would fall into some kind of rhythm of this is the way it works. These are the beats we need to hit. But it's been around so much at this point that people can probably jump into a reality show and then they're just mimicking what they've seen in other reality shows. So it's it's very difficult yeah. to get at this point. And especially with things like, you know, real housewives where people are living their daily lives. It's pretty fucking boring. Most daily life is boring. And yeah, they're not normally going to like goat yoga or getting a home bikini wax, which is a infamous housewives trope. Every every uh, uh, city that has a housewife show at some point has had some 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 scene where somebody comes in and gives them a bikini wax at home. It's like. Yeah, they have to set up can, situations. Yeah. They set up scenarios, they put the people in the scenarios, and then they have to manipulate them if the scenario itself isn't presenting anything that they want that they can use. Yeah. And it's all drummed up conflict. I think with 90 Day Fiance, just naturally along with romantic relationships, and especially these weird ones where people are putting so much weight onto them from the start, that right. natural tension arises. Granted, there's situations and that are, that are introduced by producers, especially like tell-alls. It's very obvious. This person's here for no reason other than to stir like, shit. 
Yeah. Like, there's zero reason they should be there. And then there are instances where information is leaked. Like someone else finds out someone finds out a piece of information about their partner mm-hmm. that they didn't know. And then that creates, but I think the reactions at that point are still authentic and that's why it works, but that's not what we're talking about. No, but they should put Angela on like every tell all, even if she's not in that season, <laughs> just to yell at somebody and she's then to the, storm off. She's the woman from Georgia, Georgia. Uh huh. Who's like, who, who, who loves Michael and keeps things in her bra. Yeah, her giant bra that is like but a not anymore. 20, well, I guess twenty gallon bag. <laughs> yeah, she got she got new boobs. She got she, fake ones. Yeah, so she they removed, you know, like two pounds of her five pound breast, and then they were too small, so she got implants, and now they're gigantic again. But she's lost a lot of weight. I don't know what their fate is. Her and Michael, and she, you know, she always talked about like I. I can't tote a baby. I need my daughter Skyla's egg. <laughs> well, she was. She I was, can't tote it. I'm too old to tote it. Yeah. No, she was a character. She was mm-hmm. a, a good one. She wasn't completely crazy. Didn't have a racist rant that was found on Twitter. Oh, whoops. Like baby girl Lisa or whatever her name was. Oh, did she have the racist rant? Well, that's why she's gone. She's finished. She's never going to oh, be I seen again. Oh, I didn't know. I thought it, you were talking about. Um, she did too. The they, little person. She she did too. She's going to be cut out of what's left of her season at some. What point. did baby girl Lisa say? I don't remember. She said something about using the N word, of course, and defending oh, it. I just just idiotic stuff. There was a scene where they woke up in bed on their wedding day, and he was still Who? asleep. And he, um, baby girl Lisa, and they got uh, married. I don't remember this. Yeah, they got married. Well, they got married in Nigeria. With with who soldier boy who there's already there's already a soldier boy sold solda boy when who's the actual soldier boy <laughs> I'm so white oh soldier boy in a hole Superman so white what you but there's like a real rapper yeah and then he sang the Superman song soldier boy and then this guy's just stolen the name yeah what's his real name Asan or something. I I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So so Jaboy. Yeah. So Usman Umar. Usman. That's right. But anyway, so they're in bed. It's their the morning of their wedding day. And he's still asleep. And he she gets right in his face. And you know she has that like deep smoker voice. And she goes like It's a wedding day. <laughs> I just imagined the breath. The the morning cigarette hot breath that must have come out of that mouth. And that's when he thought. Ugh. That's when he thought to himself, "What the hell have I done? I'm here." And though he seemingly likes older American women, because the new season, it's weird. I can't understand what this guy's motivations are. He doesn't seem yeah. to want to come to the U.S., so it's not that. He does take gifts from them, but he doesn't seem to push them to give him gifts. So. You know, if someone presenting you with a PlayStation 5, you'd say, okay, here, great, thank you. Here's a new laptop and iPad. Sure, I'll take that too. Yeah. But, but if you're not asking for it, you got to get this for me. Maybe he did. I, whatever. I don't think so. I don't think he did. I think that this woman is, I think that he's leading her on, but uh, he is, 
or she's just so desperate and strange. My yeah, my best guess is he just wants the exposure to push his rapping career. Yeah. And he thinks, okay, I'll do that. She did reach out to him, I would guess, and like, I love you. Shouldn't get involved with a person like that who Oof. who sees you on TV and then suddenly does everything in their power to. Although she does seemingly look out for him. We're talking about something very specific, and I don't know how. Many I think that are. she really. I think she's probably a very sweet person, but she's you know really naive in, if she thinks that like she can't. She doesn't see the world through. Uh, she needs a prescription to see the world properly, because I mean, just to understand that he's not into you. Well, she's and at the point. All, yeah, we all feel it. We all see it. She's at this point where. Didn't she say something? I, I don't know. We can move off of this after this yeah, because, we will. again, it's very specific. I don't know how many people are watching 90 Day Fiance, but I do watch it. It was I, I've probably spent too much time paying attention to all the different series and spinoffs. But with this woman, what's her name? Uh, oh, right. Kimbali. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> she's I, the last I saw is that she has a son who's not much. Uh, younger than Soja Boy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And she brought up the fact that his opinion matters in their relationship. And Soja Boy Usman lost his fucking mind. Like, you fucking challenge me. I'm the elder. The elder makes all the shots and didn't like this dynamic at all. I am elder. He will always be a child to me. <laughs> yeah. It's some. Um, and then he tried to hide behind the cultural differences. And my country the the younger people always listen to the older people it's like why do you care so much you don't even like her so this strange event that hit upon his ego and challenged his authority that's what angered him and i uh, to me it was a big red flag was like get the hell out of there i think she was drunk (laughs) during that during that whole like exchange where she was like trying to seduce him and then him like running away and then her getting him back and then her running away. Like, I think that was just listening to her talk. She's like, I don't know. She sounded really drunk to me. Well, she's also being very pushy. If it were reversed and a guy was saying, come on, I need to have sex with you now. People would lose their fucking minds. And the fact that she's pushing this on him, you owe it to me pretty much is what she's saying. Yeah. She's like, have sex with me. I know there are people giving her shit about it, but it does illustrate that there's more of a past there it's bad behavior on both sides though i guess because commonly throughout history it's mostly been the reverse with dudes abusing their positions and just their physical strength and that's fair yeah but it is weird to me that she's trying to pressure him into like i said i think she was just drunk and so i don't think that i think she would have tried to play it cooler but then she got too drunk and then was just like, oh, but I want to have sex. Like, let's fuck. <laughs> well, all right. I'm getting restless on this. I keep thinking of people listening and then like they fuck this and they stop. They stop. Listening. You know, I, I would I was thinking about that because I could tell that that's what was happening. And I know that I've listened to like I don't watch uh, Euphoria or, or anything. And I listen to a show where they talk like. They mention they, they they're talking about other things, but they also talk about that show, and I love hearing them talk about it. Even though I don't watch the show, I have no clue who they're talking about or what they're referencing, but they're funny. And so, well, you I should watch it. Euphoria. 
beautifully shot on film. The yeah. aesthetic is wonderful. And there are a lot of big penises in it. Yeah, and children? Well, didn't this come up already? I feel like we spoke yeah, about this. Yeah, we did this. talk about this. <laughs> so anyway, we're not going to do that again. But I'm just saying, I don't think you have to worry. You don't have to worry too much. No, people are like, ugh. I do want to reference, though. And maybe this already came up. But because I brought up the big penises again, I'll bring it up. That I saw a Reddit thread, a thread where a guy is very insecure about watching Euphoria with his girlfriend because all the penises are big yeah. except for one. The, mo- the, the normal size one was like attached to a nerd or something. And <laughs> have you like, watched it? I've seen a few episodes here and there. Yeah, there's big dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Tiggle, tiggle, bix. I mean, look, I'm fine with it. <laughs> you know how we say like tiggle biddies? Yeah. <laughs> we're in the we're at the point in time where there is. Sorry. There's this. I like that you're laughing at your. <laughs> tiggle. T- <laughs> wait, big old. Yeah. Dig, diggle bix. Yeah, there you Diggle go. Bix. Thank you. Diggle Bix. We're at the point in time where there's this backlash against showing all the nudity of women through the years. And we're going to show as many penises as we can, which also <laughs> popped up. If we're going to talk about TV um, and if you want to tie it into British shows, it's like we're talking about HBO shows, but there's still such a trend to be overly cautious with anything sexual on American TV. And I know that this was, is not anything people haven't thought about, but I still, I, I forget what I was watching, but the violence was so extreme. And this was m- maybe something edited for TV and they left the violence and, and mm. the visuals tied to it. And then there was someone's butt and they blurred the butt. <laughs> and Wow. Yeah. That's a big contrast. Because the it, butt is like not a big deal. And the reason I bring this up is just because... You know, you live in a world that's the way the world works. We all know this, but you have moments where it really hits you how ridiculous it is. And that was one of those moments like this is so stupid (laughs) that we do operate like this. And it just continues on that we can't see someone's butt. But we watch like a body cavity get gored, mauled and innards fall out. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, No, I was there's there's an old uh, Smothers Brothers sketch where uh they murder people in this like western <laughs> town and then somebody was in love with another person and they couldn't show them i don't know like kissing a certain or they, they're making some commentary about like how we can show you on this show the smothers brothers we can show you all this violence but we can't show you like acts of love well the biggest thing was the flintstones being the first portrayal on tv of a husband and wife sleeping in the same bed before that it was separate beds you ever hear the this flintstones yeah the flintstones i thought it was the brady bunch no i read that there was the flintstones i will do a quick search times have changed the flintstones an animated series from the 1960s about cave dwelling prehistoric family may have been among the first to show a couple betty and fred together in bed albeit a bed made of rock for live action <laughs> The one foot rule was said to have existed. Oh, one foot off the bed. I don't know what the one foot rule was because one foot in between. Maybe they had to be one foot apart. Yeah, that doesn't seem that far. Far. You could show a couple in their bedroom, but at least one person have to have. Yes, one foot on the floor. That's exactly what it was. Okay. And one foot on the floor. Dick, what a stupid arbitrary thing. Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, nightstand, yeah, nightstand between Laura and Rob's twin size beds. Same is true yep. of Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. 
And they were married in real life. Florence Henderson <laughs> playing Carol, the mother and stepmother on the Brady Bunch, once suggested she and TV husband, P- husband Peter were the first to sleep in the same bed on air, but that's widely disputed. Oh, so she bad. did. And you heard you heard someone make a comment yeah. and it's carried through history. So who cares? Yeah. This is vague trivia. No one needs to have the right answer. <laughs> we figured well, it out. Well, you knew it. You, could, you did a good job. I, you know, but I was quick to question it. You, in my yeah. mind, you brought the Brady Bunch. Like, yeah, I, I have heard that. Maybe that's right. I wasn't so confident to take a stand without looking it up. I wanted to know the truth. So, it, you know, with, I know that there's a higher level of comfort with showing sexual situations, not even graphic sexual situations, nudity, the no. body. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, British TV. I, I should ask you what you were watching. Um, I wasn't watching anything, but I was, well, I've been watching Jersey Shore, but that doesn't count as anything. Um, uh, I think I was just thinking about how I have moved away from so many shows. And then it made me think about how long they've been running. And maybe that is a symptom. I mean, all that it is, it is for, especially for these reality shows. It's, it's the symptom that, uh, brings it down um and then i thought about shows like the office um and other shows that american shows that have just lasted so so long and they just lose their i don't know like maybe they become creatively bankrupt you know and uh it seems like a lot of british shows don't do that they seem to have shorter um i don't know what to call it run time it's not run times but um uh a shorter time period between the start of the show to the last the episode of the show. What we call seasons. But yeah, the, how many seasons they have seemed to be like their version of the office was very short. It was um, two, two seasons. I think the, they have a two or three. I think it was two. And then there were wow. some specials like a Christmas special. And then okay. each season only had probably 10, six? 11, 12, maybe it was six with yeah, comedies. Really short. With comedies in England, because uh, I like Peep Show. It usually was six episodes. I think Peep Show had some boobs in it at one point. It probably did. It's fine. Boobs can be funny. Nudity can be funny. It doesn't always have to be sexual, and it doesn't have to be ungodly. Yeah, it was an airplane, and that was a comedy. Peep, was Show, Peep Show was different, though, in that it ran mold, like more... Like you said, The Office had two seasons. Peep Show had nine. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, Absolutely Fabulous is the same thing, right? Don't they have? They have. I think they have a ton of seasons. But each one averaged, I think, six episodes, and it was kind of erratic in its release. It wasn't every September. You know, you're getting a new season. Right. It would go away for a bit and come back when it was time to come back. And I do think, in general, there's a better grasp, and it seems to be a little more obvious in comedy because it's hard to keep comedy up. And I would say that the American office did a good job considering they were doing, you love it. How many episodes were they doing? 24 episode seasons. I don't know, but probably you've watched through the whole thing. I know, but you know, when you're watching through them, you don't pay attention to what, you know, how many episodes are in the season. Well, usually the way it's laid out in streaming, it tells you that it's all in front of your face. It just goes to the next one. (laughs) Okay. So you just put it on and let it run. I do know that. Not anymore. You've moved away from it. Yeah, it was a. It was almost like a coping mechanism. 
Well, you found comfort in something that you knew. Yeah. The office, wow, 22 episodes. Per season. That was standard. That's pretty standard. Yeah, okay. American TV would... And think about keeping up... Using the same fucking joke. Overall, overarching joke that you're looking in on a workplace. Uh-huh. And to stretch that out for so many seasons. They did... You know, there's a reason the show is revered because they did a much better job than a lot of shows that just lose fucking steam. And I know The Office did too, especially when what's his name left? Steve Carell. Yeah, and that was a big. And then they tried guest stars. Is that you know more um, than I do? Yeah, they, I mean, it was it was. There are some little nuggets in there, uh, but otherwise, yeah, it, it lost a lot of its charm. It should have ended when Steve left. It, yeah. That would have been a nice little it's there's something nice about sort of something leaving and maybe wanting more of it, you know, uh, a longing. And then it always lives in a place for you, you know, in your in your mind. Whereas when I if if I if I wasn't if I hadn't watched the seasons of The Office so many times, you know, and I watched it just a couple times, maybe like a normal human, then I would think of it as like kind of a bummer because of the way it ended because it like slowed to a stop and just like wasn't as good anymore. You know, it holds a special place for me because I don't know why, but now, but if, if, if I had less of an attachment to it, I think that I would think of it as like kind of a bummer because it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like you, it's a shell, you know, you know it's former glory and then you see right. how it's declined over the years. And it, it, it itself is not aware of this and it doesn't let go. That's, that's the worst thing. It's like, how can these people that I put so much trust into to laugh and have a finger on the pulse of what's funny, at this point, they're so fucking unaware that it, betrayal's too strong of a word, but it, it feels though you lose some trust in them. But and I understand like the position of the actors. The actors aren't going to be like, guys, it's been enough. You know, they're not going to make that decision well, for all the people on the state on the set. It's strange, you yes, know, but, because it's a job and people don't want to give up their jobs. But absolutely. So, but there needs to be some sort of um, creative like principle, you know, to say like, yeah, we could still be making more money if we just milk this for all it's worth. But then it loses its art. But something like The Office, and I don't know the deals that everyone had. It's in syndication. It's already in syndication before it even gets to these later seasons. So these people are still going to be making money off of it. Again, do they all make money? I don't know. Uh, but some people are going to be making money. and Yeah, more, some are making more than others, I'm sure. So if your sole motivation at that point is to keep making money, which it's bad, I think. You need to find a balance. Obviously, these things don't exist if there's not money involved. But you know, what happens is it's out of the hands of the creators because it's now it's NBC. And NBC is like, no, we as a corporation want to keep making money. You have to be willing to walk away. And they'll they'll usually threaten you with things like, OK, well, we're going to do it without you, with or without you. So you and then right. I think there's ownership and attachment especially on a producer level. and At least I can protect it if I stay. Yeah, so I need to stick around and try to help this. But I'd say, okay, fine. Because word does get out. People know that Larry David left Seinfeld. I actually didn't know that until I went back to what, when it became available on like Netflix or something. I didn't know that Larry David had left. And then once I did know that, and I, re like I could tell when the episodes changed. 
and that's a and minor. I stopped watching. And that's a minor example because Jerry stuck around and a lot of the other creators were there and writers, I'm sure. But you could see the shift, right? And mm-hmm, yeah. Seinfeld, obviously, a high-profile show. And The Office, I think, is high-profile enough that it would be a news. Like, the creators are gone. And NBC says, we're going to continue to do this. We don't care. Then NBC's the bad guy. And then there's yeah. this weird season that nobody counts because it's not going to work. And they're going to have to cancel <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's and a then, good point. So I... I Never been in that spot. I can't speak to it, but I think I would walk away. It's funny looking this up when I looked up how many episodes of The Office, American Office, 201. And then it says people also search for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 147 episodes, Parks and Recreation, 126 episodes, The Office UK, 14. <laughs> Could there have been more? I Maybe, but, you know, Ricky Gervais was- I respect was, them for making it and being and finishing it. Yeah, I think Ricky Gervais, I was done. That was it. That's what I had to say. Yeah. And I moved on to something else. And there's this fear, seemingly. Once you're established in the industry, it feels as though, especially if you have success, you can move on to something else. I understand you're struggling at first, and then you get your first hit, and then you're in. But I think I would have some confidence if I was the creator of The Office, um, which, again, was really Ricky. But... You know, the other people, I was okay. And Stephen Merchant. Yeah, and it's like, all right, I can move on to something else, and people are going to trust me at this point. Instead of pressing and and testing that trust. You know, like The Simpsons. What? No, but no. People are so... The Simpsons is depressing, is what it is. It's fucking sad. If you've watched... Because it still exists? Yes. Or because the episodes are sad? Because it still exists because it's just a, not even a shell at this point. The shell is crumbled. It just is there. I mentioned, I think, either I told you off the show or I watched an episode recently, one of the new ones, and it was uh, based on like a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie being shot in Springfield in the summer. Mm. And the joke was surrounding that. The, the, The Hallmark movies, all the tropes that come along with it, the fact that they shoot them uh like factories churn out uh paperweights or something like the simpsons themselves and the characters in springfield weren't even needed this had nothing to do with the fucking simpsons they said they were shoehorned in homer's like i'll rent out my room as airbnb for the producer of the movie and then bart got angry at something and fucked something up but they were not central to the story. It was this auxiliary shit. And when the show's called The Simpsons, you can't even write stories about it anymore. Why? Why is anyone still doing this other than because it puts money in their pocket? And when is enough? When is it enough? I mean, were some of the writers, do you think, even born when The Simpsons no. was... <laughs> no, we're... <laughs> no, we're at the point where the writers, the Simpsons have been, alive, been around their whole lives. Yeah. And I, it's not their fault necessarily. If I was a struggling writer, a young writer, I don't say struggling. Yeah, and you got hired at the Simpsons. Yeah, it's like I'm going to take the job and I'm going to go in and I'm going to yeah. try to do my best. But it's it's been maxed out. I don't know what else you do with it. It's not commentary on culture anymore because it is itself the joke. It's been around so long that pop culture now makes fun of the Simpsons. Yeah, you can't you can't do the the time for the Simpsons has passed. You know, it was a show to show you a bad kid but was you know endearing 
Uh, it was to show you the life of Lisa and well, it was just backlash. Being a smart kid in the, this house of dummies and the, how like the Simpsons at the time, along with Married with Children, were two shows. It was part of this backlash movement against the nuclear American family. These wholesome shows, and yeah. Like, fuck this. And like, I re- do you remember like there were some kids that weren't allowed to watch the Simpsons because he said like eat my shorts. Yes, it was a big thing, and it was serving its purpose because it was taking this thing that was standard in everyone's lives, turning it upside down, critiquing it while yeah. also putting in smart references and pop culture references. Um, you know, good. There's some great seasons of, the of course, of course there is. And if yeah. it had ended, you would talk about it. Even that's been overshadowed. Uh, we can still look yeah. at it and say, this is funny. Those seasons, but you also have to say, why is it still going on? It would have existed as a show that ended at this point almost 20 years ago, which is crazy. But you'd remember it fondly and you would revisit it and watch it and get something out of it. And now I just avoid the old ones because it just reminds me of how fucking sad it is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm. it's getting a new life for me because I show it to the kids and the kids seem to enjoy it. But some of those references, I have to assume, like we were young. Yeah. And maybe didn't get all the references, the pop culture. No, references. we didn't. But we can go back and revisit it. As, you know, like it leaves an impression on you as good. And then you watch it as an adult and you say like, oh, this is even more sort of rich than I thought it was. Like Calvin and Hobbes. When you're a kid, you might not, you know, you're going to get something different out of it than if you read it as an adult. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what your kids are getting out of it if they don't pick up on any of the references. But there's well, that, they, that's yeah. we can say there's that, behaviors that they do that they think are funny or, you know, well, we can say that that is that shows that the writing was good and it wasn't just leaning on that too much. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice thing. And I wish that that was one of those shows and American shows in general just need to know when to end. But they don't. Yeah, they don't. I mean, like I said, there are some. There are a handful, I think, of British shows that did last a long time, but for the majority, they just, they know how to end it. And do you think that that has something to do with, like, the BBC, you know, not, I don't know how they, do they have, like, a ratings, the same type of rating system as we do? We don't need ratings as much when, there's a TV license in Right, and so, so part of it is paid for already, so, like... Well, our public, yeah, our public television, like PBS here, you're not getting good. You can get decent programming, but it's always got to be low budget because it relies solely on government funding, which is nothing. And then the donations of people. And in England, there's a TV license. Yes. People just like you. And then in England, the UK, there's a TV license where if you have a TV and you're watching it, you have to pay for the license. And then that helps maintain the quality of programming with the BBC. So maybe they're not as motivated by the money as we are. And so they're able to say like, okay, well, if we end it, that's fine. It's not like this whole channel is going to tank. There's trust in it also. And I think Mm -hmm. there's an importance that they create good programming. doesn't mean that there's not programming that's put out and fails and doesn't catch on. But, you know, it seems like we're at a point where, the people in charge of green lighting projects, any of the people creating projects don't know what the fuck to do. There's nothing. There's so much we had. I say this and I realize that we're in an era. Maybe it's on the downslope of it, but you know, the golden age of TV 
mm -hmm. entered it with dramas mostly the sopranos and breaking bad and the wire and things like that bringing, breaking bad ended great breaking bad did exactly what it needed Ugh. to do and it made Chef's everything kiss. it made everything work it introduced yeah. it Anything it introduced had to have a reason and came back into play somehow. Nothing. There were no loose ends like Lost. Nothing shitty. The walking Dead. Yeah. The walk, they just, they lose their train of thought or they can't make the stories work. And, you know, it's an attest, uh, a testament to uh, the writing and the show running mm -hmm. where you have an idea of where the show is going to go. And I know with Breaking Bad, they didn't always know and they were kind of doing it on the fly, but they were good and it was important. But their writing had integrity. Yeah, there like was... There's so, yeah, there's, there's things that happen in other shows that you mentioned like Lost or Walking Dead where like there's just no payoff. And so you're like left confused. Even if you're not sure why you're confused, you're like, ah. it's a feeling. But yeah, Breaking Bad did a great job at just ending properly. So we have these series that obviously are revered, but you know, I see the Fresh Prince is coming back. Why? Oh no! Why? Will Smith is attached to it, so it has his blessing. But why? Why is the time because, we live because in? Because no one will invest in anything that doesn't have at least a percentage of getting its money back guaranteed because of name recognition. And I think that brings up why the BBC can possibly put out, put out better content because they can take more risks. We're at the right. point where TV viewership is shifting. Obviously people don't watch things live anymore. They're streaming it. Every network has a streaming platform and you know, a lot of revenue has been lost in this whole shift onto how we consume this and being based on a commercial uh, system where you have to make your money through commercials, there's no room right now for them to take risks and put shit out that may not work. So what we yeah. see is the Fresh Prince coming, which is it fair to say that it sucks? I haven't seen it. I don't know. Maybe it's great, but it's not an original idea, which is a bit disheartening. I uh, Are they going to bring back like Urkel? <laughs> Who knows? Family I, matters. I don't, I don't know the way it's going to play out. But, I, you know, you hate commercials so much. That's another thing that I noticed when I have been in England is just putting on, there's less commercials, definitely. Mm. And I'm sure the U.S. system is now shoving even more commercials in. You know, the fact that you get shows where the credits start to run, and a lot of times this is reruns of things, but the credits start to run before the fucking last scene is ended because they, <laughs> they want the extra time to squeeze. Or they put extra. them up in the square and then they show all the credits going really fast. Yeah. And then they're yeah. because they want extra time for more commercials. It's not a good sign. Yeah. It's a struggling business. And I guess it's been set up in this way where people are used to not having to pay for the content and it's shifting. Obviously people pay for streaming platforms now and people are paying uh, you know, for music and Spotify and and the the various Apple Music and Amazon Music, so people are getting used to that, and maybe will be willing to pay. And the networks like uh, NBC and CBS, their streaming platforms, you have to pay to access, even though you still have fucking commercials when you do access them. So maybe maybe it can shift a bit. I would be happy. And I think a lot of people are to pay if there's good content. Yeah. And the flexibility to end it when you want and to not have to also 
included in whatever you're buying uh, as a subscription that includes like a billion other TV shows or uh, channels or whatever that you don't watch, which was is the cable system. You know, like people will say, oh, you're, you're going to end up paying just as much as you would if you had gotten cable. But I don't have to watch commercials. I can pick and choose. Like if I decide like I'm I'm into Discovery Plus right now because I'm watching 90 Day Fiance. But once that, you know, is, you know, exercised from my system, I can just cancel that. And I don't have to say I don't have to call anybody. I don't have to do anything. I just go in there and click it and I'm done. This was so on. money. This is all coming down to money. We I think we've narrowed it down to money being sort of the problem. Well, money's always a problem. Possibly part of the solution. Because if we had pay if we if we structured it differently, then maybe we would get better content and just feel better overall about different shows that end properly. Money's always a problem and that that's going to play into it. I I don't know because there's good stuff that comes out and there's such shit that comes out. There's a dichotomy right now that's pretty extreme. There's not as much mediocre stuff. You know, it's either high drama that's got good character development and good storytelling. Uh, there's nothing in the middle. Like sitcoms for quite a while. Any serial TV show. Well, t- TV oh, shows. Modern Family is still happening, I think. Well, TV shows by default were serial. So it's stupid to say serial TV shows. It could have been a mini series, I guess. Um, the, you know, think about old sitcoms. There wasn't really character growth. The characters were what they were, and then they just got found themselves in situations. True. Yeah. Hence the situational point. comedy, and that existed in the self. Lucy never thing. like figured out that like maybe I should stop pestering Ricky to go to the like the Copacabana or whatever <laughs> where he works. That became a running joke. People liked seeing yeah. this. That's what they. Ricky. It's what they expected. They they are getting what they expected out of the show, and that worked for quite a while. But at least the content at that point was new. It was being introduced, and um, I even think about Law and Order. It was always self-contained, and the characters were just kind of the characters. Every once in a while, they'd introduce a problem with one of the characters that ran mm-hmm. between several episodes. But that wasn't. It was never really building on itself. The character didn't start in a certain place and end up in another place as a person, as a human being. And once that started to be introduced into TV, it really took off, but it's hard to do. And then I I don't know, maybe it is so difficult to do that you can't, you know, rip it off. It's like, we can try yeah. to do this. And it's like, oh, no, you can't really do that. So there was a scramble just to, like, I, I wonder, and I don't know if there's any been any studies on it, but... You look at something that's considered prestige TV, The Sopranos, and next to it, you try to introduce a new sitcom or even a drama that fits the old model and people rebel against it. Like, no, no, I want something else now out of my television. And then that can't be replicated and the new stuff doesn't work. So then you have to lean into nostalgia. It's like, all right, Fresh Fresh Prince is back. And like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was nice. I mean, I think that something like girls, uh, I, I, uh, with the main character, I don't think that she ever really learned anything until the very end. And then even then, uh, because of her track record on the show, I don't even know if she learned anything. Like, I don't, even after the whole season or the, the, the final episode ended, 
we we're left with this idea of like, oh, change is happening finally for her. But because of all the previous things that have happened through the whole series, maybe it, you know, I don't know. I'm left to, I don't know. Maybe it didn't change. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she still didn't change. Um, but for- I was thinking about uh, Full House and how Full House was kind of like the in-between because they, their character grew within each episode, but not over the entirety of like a season. No, there'd be a lesson and then they reset. They came yeah, back. Yeah, they, they reset. And Uncle they, Joey They get was older time-wise and they have new problems or whatever. But, you know, Stephanie is still saying like how rude from ages six to nine. <laughs> It was a lot to do, though, and this ties back in, I think, to doing 24 episodes a season. Like, ah, fuck, I don't have time to even do that. So the trend in American TV to scale down, do less episodes per season, I think that's a good move. It should help content, but you also have the shitty shows also doing that, and they're just being, all right, well, people are trained now to expect less, and there's so many choices anyway. I don't know who's going to invest that much time watching so many episodes. Girls, just to go back to that for a second, I can never really figure it out in the sense that it could have been commentary on the selfish nature of our society, especially middle class people, white girls moving to New York City and struggling, but also not really being too bad off. Yeah. And I couldn't ever figure out if that was on purpose or just a byproduct of someone like Lena Dunham telling a story in her mind you know that <laughs> yeah it's like oh no you really are out of touch and then she gets assigned things like uh, a voice of a generation it's like i don't no. whatever i don't even need to comment on that i just don't know if it was earned right <laughs> or if you watch girls and these people are so selfish like it was obviously purposeful in seinfeld it's like these people really aren't good but here you are watching them live their lives but you know, it wasn't presented as a drama where there was expected growth, where girls was supposed to be, and there were hints of it, but they kept falling back into the same habits, which I think is valid. Again, I just don't know if it was done consciously. So it's an interesting Yeah, I'm not sure either. It's an interesting show <laughs> on that. Well, front. at least that ended properly, too. They just keep going and going and going and going. Yeah, something like and then And then we've got something like Sex in the City, which ended okay had a movie that was was good and then they ruined it by the second one and then they dug up their dead corpse and started just like that i knew you couldn't resist good is going a little bit too far for the movie what the for the movie yeah it was there i said it like this we'll say it was there the movie was there (laughs) egregious like the second movie or this fucking new series no but they were signs that they were already losing their way so yeah bringing back the the new series which i know i know comes up quite often it's done now it's It's done it's done it's not done it's not done because there's a second season coming i mean it's i guess in a in two years from now which is how things work it's an interesting look at when they do bring shows back. So this isn't a reboot. It's just a continuation. It's like, here's the show. It's supposed to be a continuation, but it doesn't match up at all to who these people are, as we've established on our one episode. And everyone who talks about the show points out it really isn't true to any of the characters, but 
it's interesting in the current climate what shows feel as though they need to do and there was such an overreaction to the criticisms of the last show that we get trash and it's so out of touch and it tries too hard and I think there's been a lot of programming like that also where it's like green light that because it's really yeah. making a, a point on social problems. It's like if it's not presented authentically, nobody wants to fucking see it. You could present yeah. diversity as just normal people living their normal lives and they just happen to be diverse. It doesn't need to be called out. doesn't need to be shoved in our face. And that's how you actually also... <laughs> enact change amongst people's thinking like hey, everyone's yeah. just the fucking same everyone's a fucking person and you don't have to spoon feed them that no and that's why that doesn't work and i think this which was the topic several weeks ago but i do think that there's distaste for it and people are not buying it so hopefully that'll be fast moving and we'll be out of it <sighs> soon well i hope so i guess i'll watch fresh prince <laughs> <laughs> reboot so or you can just move to the uk and yeah watch or get brit box or whatever that's called <laughs> i mean like they have plenty of bad shows too it's funny oh they do there's a great one called like sun sand and parents are upset i forget what it's called but it's like that it's a bunch of kids go or you know get this like paid vacation not kids but like you know 21 plus like kids and they're going wild, but they don't know this, but the whole time their parents are all watching them. <laughs> and so we get to see them. <laughs> it sounds amazing. I saw that Downton Abbey, a lot of people in the UK think it sucks and it's stupid. I guess it's popular and it's still going, but Americans really love it because it just plays into all the stereotypes <laughs> we yeah. think of British people. And so we eat that up. Well, it romanticizes like the past or whatever. When some of those people are like living in a home that has like a servant's like stairs, they're like, big deal. And Doctor Who I read isn't as beloved as some people in the US have made it out to be like, oh my God. I'm, like it's been around and it's yeah. continued. Probably early Doctor Who was probably, maybe they feel the same way about that as The Simpsons. It's like, man, Doctor Who used to be cool. They say, it's they, weird. But they do switch it up with different doctors and it's you know, yeah. representative of the time. And I know the complaints against the current incarnation of it, which is easily, 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 <laughs> easily. <laughs> I don't even know where I came up with that word. It's easily fixed uh, if you just start telling stories again instead of trying to prove something in yeah. it. You also said uh, Jersey Shore, and I was curious as to what the equivalent in, in England was. Well, like, they have Gorgie Shore. Yeah, that's in Gordy Shore. That's Gordy Shore, sorry. I thought I didn't know if it was like South End on Sea Shore. But it's Gordy <laughs> Shore. Gordy Shore, they all talk like that. They all sound like that. There's less of... I, and there's like way more like actual sex that you can watch people undercovers like fucking again which we already hit on but you know i don't is there fighting in it yeah i think so which not to say isn't common but i do feel as though when there are counterparts a reality show and this is why great british bake-off is took off when it did is it was so different than other competition shows that we had seen here in the US where everyone supported each other and there wasn't this forced conflict and people cursing each other out and looking for ways and to stab And that noise. 
Yeah. When look, someone like drops somebody else's egg on the ground. Or yeah. Something. Looking to stab people in the back. And it was yeah. nice to, <laughs> to, de- to, <laughs> see, <laughs> to see something. And it can be a whole other show. You can just pull up all the different sound design yeah. for reality shows. <laughs> but it was nice to see that. <laughs> and even the kitchen nightmares. Is that the one where Gordon Ramsay would go around to shitty restaurants? Uh-huh. And like he was really nasty in the US one. And I know that that's kind of his brand and the thing that he does, but there was something sweet about the British version. He would go Oh my god, the British versions are so good. He's actually calm with them. Like he does get mad at them and like bark at them and stuff, but he's way more like communicative. Which is a choice. About the issues. Yeah, and here it's like you know, screaming. It's roll. And so what people want, apparently, is just a bunch of yelling and fighting and bad behavior. What's the other Gordon Ramsay show? There's Kitchen Nightmares and Hell's Kitchen. That's the competition show. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That one where like everybody smokes. (laughs) Everybody smokes. Which is they're constantly smoking and they're all they'll all say like. They have chef experience or whatever, but really they're just some like dishwashers. I think they did. It's, they're like a prep cook. <laughs> it's true to the industry. A lot of smoking. Smoking's coming back, by the way. Ew. It's making a return. Young people think it's cool. Vaping well, is lame. Well, vaping is lame. So. And so is smoking. Hopefully that this episode helped you explore some of your curiosity and the differences. Yeah, it was good. Okay. I want to I want to talk about lots of I want to talk about 90 Day Fiance and Sex in the City with you more, but right, I won't. We can do that at another time. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends. And uh, please support our sponsor hoffandpepper.com. You can get 15% off locally made in Chattanooga hot sauce. They have all different types and flavors and spices and things use our code one topic 15 to get 15 percent off again that's hoffandpepper.com and uh go do it bye